0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Today on Barca Talk. The men of FC Barcelona are on international duty, but the feminine and B teams remain active and with great results in the last week. There are positive signs around Samuel Umtiti while Lionel Messi was injured playing for Argentina. Hey everybody, this is Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson. In the men's international break, Barcelona football continues... For the Barca Femini and Barca B, here are the news and scores. Leo Messi returned to the Argentina national side in a friendly against Venezuela at the Wanda in Madrid last Friday. Argentina lost to Venezuela 3-1 and Messi played all 90 minutes, but he has now returned to Barcelona with an injury and will not play in Argentina's next match on Tuesday against Morocco. FC Barcelona have confirmed the injury is in one of Messi's pelvic bones, but have not yet reported the severity of the injury. Samuel Umtiti played the full 90 minutes in France's first Euro 2020 qualifying match against Moldova. The World Cup holders took three points from the match in a 4-1 win. Umtiti has had limited minutes for Barcelona this season with persistent knee troubles, but this shows that he does have 90 minutes worth of football in him, and while rumors are swirling about a potential Barcelona exit for the Frenchman, those of us who know what a great asset he is would hope that he returns to full-time action and stays on at Barcelona. Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba featured for the full 90 in Spain's first Euro 2020 qualifier versus Norway, which Spain won 2 to 1 on goals from Rodrigo and Sergio Ramos on a penalty kick. Sergio Roberto spent this game on the bench. Perhaps he'll see some minutes on Tuesday in Spain's second match day of the Euro qualifiers against Malta. And for the Barca fans, it wouldn't be bad if Busquets and Alba got a little rest. FC Barcelona B got a win over Ebro on the road in the Segunda B division, thanks to a goal from Monchu in the closing minutes of the first half. The B team remain three spots away from a promotion playoff, and the chances of getting there are slim as the season gets close to ending. Next week, our Barca B correspondent Max Bloor will give a full report. And the Barcelona Femeni first team remains in club action. After defeating Atletico Madrid 2-0 last week, the women went on to defeat Lsk Kvinner in the first leg of the Women's Champions League quarterfinal at home 3-0. Tony Duggan scored two goals and Mariona put away a penalty all in the first half. A three-goal lead in keeping the sheet clean puts them in a good position to move on to the semifinals after the second quarterfinal leg in Norway on Wednesday. At the weekend in Liga Iberdrola, they enjoyed another win, this time over Valencia 3-0, with goals from Tony Duggan, Marta Torrejon, and Lika Martins. We cover the women's team on a regular basis with the help of our Barca Femini correspondent, Michelle Taylor. You can hear her segments every other week and follow at Barca Women on Twitter for ongoing news and updates from her. And We're taking a bit of a break this week from Barca Talk as usual and replaying the one and only special episode that we have in the vault right now to the Camp Nou. So we want to do more of these special episodes, but to make the kinds of things we're planning takes resources that we don't really have at the moment. And while we're not there yet, we are getting closer all the time with the help of our supporters on Patreon. For just a few dollars each month, you'll be supporting news, commentary, and community surrounding all things football at FC Barcelona. And you'll be helping us get to the point where we can produce more special episodes like this one you're about to hear, or even better than this one. You'll get access to bonus content and commercial-free episodes of the regular podcast, and you'll keep the free podcast going for those who can't afford to support it. You'll also get some deep discount coupons in the Barca Talk store, which we have just enhanced with new products. We have notebooks and t-shirts now with the primo football hashtag and Gabriel's catchphrase, we have messy, you don't. And of course, our classic Barca Talk mug is still on there. If you don't want to join Patreon and pay monthly, check out the store and get yourself some merch for a one-time show of support. But Patreon supporters can get up to 50% off a purchase in the store as a show of gratitude. We have links to Patreon and the Barca Talk store in the show notes, but if any of those aren't working, go to BarcaTalk.net. Now, we're getting everything squared away for our trip to Barcelona for the Atletico match, and it will be only my second time at the Camp now. But this special episode you're about to hear is about the first time at the Camp now. Enjoy. My first time at the Camp Nou was in early January 2013 against Espanyol. I was expecting a lot of excitement around the stadium since it was the Barcelona derby, but the crowd was overall pretty subdued. And aside from remembering Messi scoring on a penalty, I don't remember any other goals, actually. I had to look it up. It was a 4-0 win, and even Chabi scored, my favorite player, even then. But I don't remember it. I don't remember Pedro's two goals. What I do remember is a moment when Jordi Alba was dribbling downfield, and he lost his defender with some trick on the ball, and I can't even recall exactly what he did. Because what I really, truly remember is how the crowd in the stadium reacted. Everybody had been quiet, and then when Jordi pulled this move, they all went, oh, and they went right back to watching the game. Nobody scored on that play, but I think I remember that moment so well because that was the moment when I really felt like I was among my people. They don't just want their team to win. They want to win with style and class, and they show their appreciation for these things. This is Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson. Today, we bring you two stories of entering the Camp new for the first time. For one, it's cultural tourism. For the other, it's a pilgrimage. And our first story comes from Dana. She's American, from Jacksonville, Florida, And this wasn't just her first time watching Barca at the Camp Nou, but her first football match ever.
0: I was teaching English in a um, medium-sized city in between Barcelona and Madrid, and I had a a really great group of students, but they had all failed English the year before, and they were really struggling to pass, um, and they kept giving me shit for lack of a better term, um, because I wasn't a fan of Real Madrid or Barcelona. So I made them a deal. Those that passed, I think, their midterm exam got to vote. And whichever side had more votes, I would become a supporter of that team. And the FC Barcelona kids did better on their exam. So I became an FC Barcelona fan and have been following them ever since. And quite frankly, I think they have a wonderful team. They're very entertaining. And uh, I think they, my students made a good choice.
2: She may not be an avid football fan, and her willingness to go one way or the other between Barca and Real Madrid on the chance of her students' performance on a test might seem a little crazy for some fans. But Dana was discovering this like anyone in a new country would, absorbing the culture and then getting caught up in it.
0: We would go to the bars a lot. Uh, Spain has a great bar culture with canas and tapas. A cana is a little like half beer. And we would go and they're great two hour matches, go watch some kind of early evening ish for Spain at least, then go out to dinner or go for a club night out. Um, so they were always really fun. Um, I tended to go with either friends of mine. It tended to be, um, I was the odd girl out at these things normally. Um, would go with some local friends I had there. There were a lot of other European guys, but we would often go and watch the games together in bars and always had a great time. And you can hear people cheering in Spain. If It's a big game across the whole street, um, across the bar. You know, you can hear people from their homes screaming. It's awesome. Um, I was there in Madrid when um, Real Madrid won um, against Atletico in goodness, when was that? 2016 um, Champions League. And the entire city just shut down and everyone went to a fountain and it it was just amazing. I don't think you can get into Spanish culture without getting into football while living in Spain. I I think it's really impossible. I went with three other guy friends, two of whom were American and one was um, native Spanish the game was i think the primary purpose but the second dairy was just to enjoy barcelona cuz it's impossible to go to barcelona and not have a fabulous time so we rolled into barcelona i think night 1 same thing went out to the bars enjoyed the nightlife a little bit next day got up and we're trying to figure out how to go to the game You know, most of us were American. We weren't sure what to do. We were talking with scalpers, and finally, the uh, Spanish gentleman took over, got us in line for the tickets, and ended up getting us stellar tickets. I think we were 10 rows above the pitch absolutely epic. We were right behind all the people. If you ever watch the Barcelona games, you'll see the people with the big fans and they're screaming and chanting. And they were literally right in front of us. Um, I think two of the guys lost their voice by the time the game was done. Crazy crowded when we got there, trying to buy tickets. And I I think it's like going to any other sporting event. You see a lot of um, dads with their kids and getting snacks. And we were young, 20-somethings, all there to enjoy a Spanish experience. experience you know it was great I think seeing the colors of the stadium and just how it's open and it's right in the middle of Barcelona all the people around us they were helping us with the chance and it was an absolutely epic experience like couldn't have planned a better trip and a better seating arrangement than where we ended up in that stadium I mean it was just it was absolutely awesome
2: The game she found herself at against Rayo Vallecano, who were at 19th in the table at the time, was a goal bonanza. Messi scored two, Adriano, Alexis Sanchez, Pedro, and Neymar, they each scored one. Rayo didn't score at all. It was 6-0 in the end. And for Dana, the whole time in the stadium showed her something new about football culture in Barcelona.
0: I didn't know anything about Rayo Vallecano. The friends I went with picked it out just because we knew it would be a, a surefire victory and a great experience at Camp Nuo, as it was most of our first times going. What surprised me the most was the fervor of the crowd. Um, I definitely grew up in the deep South. I'm used to crazy fans, um, it more American style football games. But I, I mean, the guy in front of us literally went hoarse by the end of the game. I had never seen such a dedicated fan base in my life before constantly cheering on the team. I mean, it was a 6-0 win, and these guys acted like each goal was, you know, going to save their mother dying of cancer. I mean, just the intensity alone was a total experience. My favorite goal was definitely Messi's second goal, never seen something like that, just such a light touch. I didn't think it had even gone in, and then for them to just score a goal, and the entire stadium erupted, and it was just a great, messy goal. Nothing beats a messy goal.
2: And for a newcomer, someone who isn't as invested in it as those fans sitting in front of her, What did she take away from all this, and what were the highlights for her?
0: La Liga is arguably one of the best football leagues there is. Now that I live in uh, Ireland, I deal more with the Premier League watching those games, and they're definitely not as exciting as the La Liga games. That's just my opinion. I got to see Neymar, quite frankly, before he got as dramatic as he's been recently And to see Messi, arguably the best players in the world, and to see them both play and both score um, in the prime of their careers was an absolutely amazing experience. Even leaving the stadium, everyone was just cheering the whole way out. The the group of friends I went with, we ended up stopping at a few bars, getting a few cocktails and walking back to where we were staying. And just the energy throughout all of Barcelona post that win was just incredible, and you you could feel the energy well into the next morning. I've been to more football games since and have always had a wonderful experience, but quite frankly, none will top that first experience. And um, I would absolutely love to go back. If you if you do get the opportunity, uh, be prepared for the pipas or sunflower seeds that will be everywhere flying um, around the stadium. I remember thinking it was very different than the uh, typical American hamburgers and hot dogs you'll normally find in our stadiums.
2: Now I wanted to ask my co-host and podcasting partner Gabriel about this and he had special first-hand knowledge of Dana's experience. Now Gabriel, you were at that same match with Dana and that was also your first time at the camp new, right?
3: Yeah, that was my first time and uh I can tell you I was super excited to go to this match. I wanted to go to the match 5 hours Before the match. That's how excited I was. I just wanted to make sure that I completely enjoyed the experience. I wanted to get there early right when the the gates opened. I wanted to see the warm up. And I just wanted to be comfortable because I hate going to matches rushed. It doesn't matter what type of sporting event. And so for this one, since it was my first time. Uh, navigating through the buying the tickets and all, all the jazz that comes along with it. I just wanted to make sure that I got there on time with no rush. And I just
2: really wanted to soak up the experience and enjoy it. Right. So you soaked it all up. And now thinking back, what is the strongest memory of that whole day for
3: you? It's funny because, you know, the match was amazing. You know, I got to see Messi score. And for me, he, seeing him score a cuchara or a chip shot like that, for me, was I couldn't even ask for anything more. I mean, we had everyone score. You know, we had Sanchez score, we had Pedro score, we had Neymar score. Neymar just got signed essentially and he scored. And so all those things. But for me, it had to be the warm up. When I saw Messi and Danny Alves warming up, I, I've never been in such awe of professional athletes especially since I've played football my whole life. And I, you know, other sports, pro basketball, pro football, I can't really put myself in that type of shoes just because of my physical attributes. I'm not as tall, I'm not as big. But with football, you know, I played all my life and to see Dani Alves and Messi, who are not that much taller than me, the way they pass the ball, their first touch... They were doing 40-yard passes, and the ball never touched the ground. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. And seeing Messi in person, that's the other thing. Just what he did, everyone's watching him, uh, the movement he does, his warm-up. It just makes it look so simple. And I envy that because for me, as a football player, I... You know, I had to really work really hard. I had talent, but to do things, I really had to work hard. And to see these professionals, especially Messi and Alves, just warming up, just like they're at the beach, just having a great time. And everyone was off. They just kept going backwards. You know, they started at 10 yards, then they went to maybe 15, then 20, and then all the way to like 40 yard bombs. And they just never, the ball never touched. The ball never touched the sod.
2: Yeah, see, and, you know, memory is a funny thing, right? Because just like I was saying at the beginning of the show, the thing I remember, I mean, I was at a 4 nothing game, and I remember one of them because it was Messi taking a penalty. I don't remember any of the other goals, but I do remember just that one move that Jordi Alba made during the game. And I didn't get there early a- enough to see the uh, warm-up, but I can appreciate how... It wasn't the goal or even necessarily something from the game or a notable moment that would make the stat sheet that stood out. And that's what's so great about being there live and going to the, the game and going to the stadium. And when I was a kid growing up, my grandpa would always take us to Dodgers games early enough to to watch batting practice. Sometimes he just loved that sort of thing. Now, also, when you're there behind the goal, as you were with Dana, she mentioned the pipas. And I don't remember any pipas in my section because I was up in the lateral second tier, very much away from the flag waving and chanting. It was much more subdued. So what's the sunflower seed shower situation like when you're there behind the goal?
3: Well, let me tell you the first thing. Spanish people don't know how to eat pipas. So that's (laughs) the first thing. So they use their fingers to take the seeds out, essentially, because, you know, baseball is not a thing here. And it's, it's funny, it's like one of those things that you just take for granted, playing baseball as a kid, having sunflower seeds, you just get used to what, you know. getting ready for the ball and you're eating sunflower seeds and you just figure out how to get the seed out with your, with your teeth and the tongue, right? So she's completely right. In our section, they were going nuts. Everyone essentially had a bag of pipas and they do one at a time. <laughs> which i thought was weird because you when you so use your fingers. <laughs> yeah, but when you use your fingers, right? It's just you're not going to have that many in your mouth to to take out the seed. It's just complicated, right? And so she's completely right. So after the match when we were taking pictures, the floor was completely littered with pipas.
2: We'll be back after a short break with a story from Luis.
1: The environment from both teams was very intense, you know, like was a really not fighting a lot, but too many fouls and too many intense game against players and all that.
2: welcome back to barca talk there's one thing you need to know for this next story from luis and that is that a bufanda is a scarf now unlike dana luis has been a barca fan for a long time
1: uh, so many years ago i don't remember i think from high school something like that. It's growing up a little bit for a little bit and uh, now i'm a big supporter from barca
2: luis is from venezuela he's been living in madrid for years now but when he arrived, he didn't waste any time in making the trip to Barcelona in spring of 2007 during his first year in Spain.
1: My first game in Spain has to be a Barça game, the match of Barça-Getafe in the Camp Nou. was in May and was a really, really game with a good atmosphere and good season. And yeah, a really, really good game. It wasn't in springtime, so it was a wonderful weather. Very sunny, but not hot. And no rain it was a really really good day for work in the city. It was my first time my first time in Barcelona. I landed. I have to go to the stadium and I made the tour. So was I left the luggage in the hotel and go to the stadium and visited all the tour and the museum and all that. I spent all day in in the stadium. First, like visiting the tour and then for the match. And um, for me, it was a perfect day.
2: This makes me think of how when you've anticipated something for such a long time, and now you're finally doing it, you become sort of hyper-aware of everything around you. For Luis, it wasn't just the stadium or the tour, the weather. But even getting from the subway to the stadium is still a memory that stays with him.
1: In the moment you take the subway, you can so. Show- a lot of supporters from the match going to the stadium with you screaming, jumping and it was was a really, really good environment from that moment. Then when you go to to you go out from the subway, the subway station is not close from the stadium so you have to walk a little bit, but all that work is with that environment you know all the people with the bufandas and I don't, I don't know how to say bufandas, but with the bufandas and go to the stadium, screaming, jumping, dancing, all that was really was a really good environment. Then to inside the stadium and saw the players and calentando, warming up, and like it was my first time see it in, in life. So for me it was wow, amazing. You know, This time, uh, deco and Puyol, and Etto. I, I always dreamed to see it. In the minutes before the game, the announcer go and shows up, the, the people screaming the names of the players, and we can hear the the anthem of the Barcelona. For me, it was a dream come true.
2: Now, this was a big game for Barcelona. It was match day 36, close to the end. They were in second place behind Real Madrid, tied on points but losing in the head-to-head. And Hatafe were in eighth place, not bad, and Luis had a great seat for it.
1: it was my first time, and I want to see it in a really good seat. So I buy in the almost in the field, but close to one of the to the to the goal.
2: And luckily, Barça got off to a good start.
1: Uh, Ronaldinho made a, a really good goal and. Minute two or three, I think, so was a really early goal. I think was a pass from Eto'o. He ran really, really fast from the midfield to the goal, and he saw Ronaldinho alone, and he passed the the uh, Ronaldinho the, the ball, and Ronaldinho made uh, one of his beautiful goals like he always do.
2: Barça won the game, one nothing in the end, with just the one goal from Ronaldinho. But the rest of it still gave Luis plenty of entertainment.
1: The environment from both team was very intense, you know. Like was a really not fighting a lot, but too many fouls and too many intense game against players and all that. So that uh, I remember that Ronaldinho was received a lot, a lot of fouls and kick in the in the knees and in the foot and all that and um, was a moment that Ronaldinho lost his mind and he kicked in the in the leg I think I don't remember well and uh, one of the players of Getafe and Ronaldo get a red card, a a direct red card.
2: So the lone goal scorer also got ejected in the fortieth minute, forcing Barcelona to play down a man for the entire second half. It was one of only six red cards he received in his entire career, and that's pretty special. Unfortunate, sure, but also it was a lot more rare to see Ronaldinho get a red card than to score a goal. But of course, Luis doesn't focus on that too much.
1: For me, the, the best moment was that I can see the uh, a match that Barca won for the first time in life, you know, for me. And also I can see uh, Ronaldinho making one of the lastest goal in his career in barça amazing day in my life
2: i could sympathize with luis if you grow up in barcelona the camp new is just part of the landscape part of the city but for us who come from far away to go there and especially the first time it is an amazing experience from the towering concrete of the exterior to the field and the seats inside and knowing this is the place that your sports heroes call home when you see them in real life Even if they're small compared to how close you can see them on TV, they still somehow seem larger than you imagined, because you're there with them. It's pretty normal these days for people to talk about football as religion. Barcelona is home to one of the most famous religious structures in the world, La Sagrada Familia. But for Acule, the Camp Nou is the cathedral, the destination for all the Barca faithful. Thanks to Dana Humphrey and Luis Calderón for sharing their stories with us. Gabriel Quiroga conducted the interviews, editing and sound design by Brian Henderson, and the music you heard throughout this episode was written by 18th century Catalan composer José Elias. This has been a special episode of Barça Talk. For news, commentary, and match coverage of all the Barca football teams, find us every Monday of the season wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brian Henderson. Bis go Barca.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
3: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?